Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. This is Talk to Cassius. Conversations with today's icons from business, sports, and entertainment. I'm your host, Cassius F. Butts. This is Talk to Cassius. Conversations with today's icons from business, sports, and entertainment. I'm your host, Cassius F. Butts. Welcome back to another episode of Talk to Cassius. We are excited today because we've got someone who knows a little bit more about green than many of us. And I mean green on a golf course. It is none other than Mr. Chad C. Parker, president and general manager of East Lake Golf Club. Welcome to Talk to Cassius, Chad. Really appreciate you having me. Looking forward to uh, today's visit. Absolutely. Well, I'd say, you know, you're talking about a day. Today is probably one of the prettiest days that we've had in Atlanta uh, going into this year. Uh, but it's also some pretty exciting times for you as well, too. So for many people who are familiar who you are, and you had some pretty exciting uh, events at your shop in the last couple of years, uh, just mm -hmm. want to kind of just take a, a step back and just talk about really uh, Chad Parker himself. You know, who, who was Chad Parker? And how did you actually wind up at, you know, a pretty cool place at Eastlake? We'll just start off and just talk about where you're from, Chad, and how did you wind up to Atlanta? Sure. Um, again, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I grew up in Florence, Alabama, uh, which is a small town up in the northwest part of the state. Um, you know, I had a great uh, childhood there, played golf there growing up and, um, you know, worked at a golf course uh, as all throughout high school, etc. And, you know, come to find out or found out about a program at Mississippi State uh, University called Professional Golf Management. And so it was a degree inside of their business school. Um, so you have, it was a business degree or it is a business degree with, you know, emphasis on turf grass and, you know, food and beverage and all the different, you know, facets of the golf industry. Um, and so I was already planning to major in business. I'd already been accepted to attend the University of Alabama and um, found out about this program and decided to go check it out. And, um, you know, fell in love with Starkville. Um, you know, you, you have to go there to love it. Um, I'll, I'll just say that. Um, it's not on a lot of people's radar, but it's uh, once we got down there or once I got down there, I just I really fell in love with the university and, you know, met people from all over the U.S. The, the major. It was interesting because it, it brought people in from all over the country because there was only four universities at the time that offered that as a major. So people from the Northeast, Midwest, Southeast, Southwest. Um, so it really kind of instantly, um, you know, you were able to meet people from all over. So. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what uh, how how it started for me in golf, um, and then I ended up uh, you know at East Lake through um, you know actually through one of my classmates, um, and State was working there, and there was a position open, and um, you know power of networking. So I've been there now almost twenty five years. Wow, wow, wow! And, and most people don't realize. I mean, there's a lot of great golf uh, courses actually in Mississippi. There's a lot of great land there. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Talk about your time there, because think about having a major like that, when people think about it from that perspective, it's something that's new. What was your goal at that time? What were you thinking about? What role would I, would I see myself after acquiring this, this, this uh, degree? Well, it's interesting you asked that question because I took a class um, when I was at Mississippi State. Um, there was a, um, a communications professor named Dr. Hank Flick, and he was the own he was the announcer at the PA for the basketball games, for the football games, and he was just a very unique character. And his classes were very sought after. And um, so I t- actually took a couple of his classes, um, even though they weren't required for my majors, because I had heard how good he was. And as I'm sitting here telling the story, I, I see there's a cup on my desk, one of the few things I have on my desk at home that I got from this class. And the class was on interviewing. Mm. And so uh, you'd appreciate this doing what you're doing now. It wasn't a class on, you know, how to answer questions um, or, you know, how to, it, it really was a class on communication and nonverbal cues and all the different things that, you know, communications professionals do to get insight into people. And um, one of the exercises that he had us do in the class was he had us write very specifically what kind of job it was that we wanted when we, you know, had made it. Um, And so, and it was like a two or three week long process. He kept probing, you know, I wanna be a head golf professional at a private country club. He's like, well, where's the country club located? How many members does it have? I mean, in all these different things. And so I got down to a, you know, a, a kind of a, an ideal scenario without, without seven or eight different attributes that I was looking for. And, um, and so that's where, that's where it started. And, uh, and Eastlake has checked all of those boxes, um, you know, so that I really owe it to him and that class, you know, like many of us, yeah. the power of education and the power of mentoring and the power of challenging folks. Um, that's really what kind of made me focus on that. And, um, you know, which I don't know that I would have done that without the class. Wow. Wow. And that's amazing because you start to think uh-huh. about it. Sometimes you, you jump into an opportunity and you're really not sure what uh, it's going to turn out. But it sounds like you just had a passion for the game and you were following oh, your passion. And that, we talk about that often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I can yeah. imagine if folks were thinking, hey, I'm going to major in this and this is what I'm going to be. I know when I was picking my major, my dad was like, well, what are you going to do with that psychology degree? And I was like, dad, I'm going to figure out why people do what they do. <laughs> you know, and, and really it helped me later on in the year. So it sounds like, you know, you're out on agreeing to something that really took you to a place because you had the mindset, you had a passion for it. So fast forwarding, right. you're, you're at East Lake and it's been some pretty interesting times uh, at, at Eastlake. Yes. Uh, you know, you want to talk about that just briefly because it's, it's been pretty exciting. The expansion of Eastlake. Chad, if you could just talk about how has that affected the community in Atlanta? Well, yeah, it, it, when I started there in 96, the, the Tuesday after the Olympics were over, um, you know, Eastlake uh, was still very much a, a community in transition. Um, you know, the golf facility, the golf club was located right across the street from a housing development called East Lake Meadows. And it was known, um, you know, throughout the city as a, as a you know, a very uh, poor underserved area. And that had been neglected, like many parts, you know, in many places all over the U.S. It just had been neglected. And, you know, the drug trade was rampant. Um, there was no focus on, you know, education. And it was just a really a, a very, you know, a very blighted. And, um, you know, I remember those days. I remember 
walking into work my first day on a Tuesday um, at 11 o'clock and I heard gunfire. Um, and and I, I was like, well, this is, uh, you know, Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Um, but, you know, East Lake Meadows was still there when I started and um, it was torn down, you know, shortly thereafter and, and the new East Lake community was built um, there, um, you know, with the, with the goal of trying to, to create a model that if the right resources and focus were put in place, no matter who you are, if you were in the right environment, you can succeed. Um, and that really was the goal from the outset. Um, and so, you know, our motto is golf with a purpose. And, you know, we're, 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 we operate as a for-profit business, but um, we're owned by a nonprofit. And so any, any funds that we, we make through our operations or by hosting tournaments, you know, that goes right back into the, into the work. And, uh, and now fast forward, you know, to 2021, you know, the model that Eastlake uh, that created is, is almost in, or it's, it's in almost 30 cities now across the wow. U.S. Um, and growing. And so that's through a network called Purpose Built Community. So, um, so it's been amazing to be part of. And, you know, it's been tough work and there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but and, and it really, it's never going to end because of it, you know, it's, it's, it's a never ending process. But what I think we've proven is that if you have the resources and the focus, doesn't matter what your, you know, situation is, you can make it if you have the same chance as everyone else. Sure. Sure. And, and, it, and it's, it's interesting that you talk about that chat because we actually have seen that community develop and create and be created into something that's really has a huge national attention. The championship series have been there. It is now in a robust stage now. Um, and, you know, it's been pretty exciting seeing its development. Talk briefly, uh, Chad, about the, the, the championship series and what that has meant to, to East Lake and just you being a part of that. Yeah, sure. When, when I when I started, um, we you know we were slated to have the, the first event in 1998. So we had a few years to get ready. Um, you know, it was a, it was very nerve wracking, uh, to be honest, um, you know, putting on that kind of event, um, you know, and now this past year was our 20th time, my 20th time to host. And um, certainly last year was a lot different with, you know, COVID and all the restrictions, no fans and all that kind of stuff. But um, every year I've learned something different. You know, it's, it's been, but to answer your question, what it's meant to our effort, I mean, we couldn't have a better partner than, you know, than we have in the PGA Tour. Um, they have really committed to the city of Atlanta. They, they've committed to our mission along with the sponsors, um, you know, throughout the years. Um, now uh, our two proud partners are Coca-Cola and Southern Company, you know, two great companies in Atlanta that have um, big hearts for giving a community. Um, so I think you put all those things together with the facility that we have and the history that we have at Eastlake and, and something magic has happened. And so, you know, I think you just take, you know, I, I remember standing on the porch um, on the 18th hole when Tiger was coming down the fairway in 2018. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about the parallels um, uh, of the power of redemption. And, um, you know, for him personally, all the stuff that he went through, um, you know, he persevered through it and he came out on the other side and he won our event and then he won the masters, you know, four or five months later. So, um, you know, and then I just thought about all the work that we put into it. And I was just so proud of all the, the hours and hours, especially the grounds crew had put in to create that stage for that moment to happen. And so the moment doesn't last that long, but uh, it's a year long, you know, 
thing for us. We, we talk about it every single day. Um, and you hope something like that happens. Um, you know, and it, of course, uh, it probably will never happen again, but it, it did happen. And that's you know, something that we'll always be known for. And that just, and the other thing that I knew that it was going to be great for our event financially. I mean, there was a lot of people there. You know, Tiger brings out, um, you know, he brings the fans out. There's no one else that does that like him. There's not even a close second. Wow. And so, um, you know, for him to, for, for it to happen to, you know, him there, um, I just thought it was so neat. And, um, and I knew it was going to be great for our event. And it's and it certainly the next year, you know, we were going, you know, to, to heights we'd never been before in 2019. Then, of course, 2020 hit. It put the brakes on everything, but you know we're we're thinking you know we're already building for 21 and, and hoping that we can have as many fans as is safe to do so, um, and we'll continue to grow and and build the event. But it's it means a ton to the work that we're able to do, um, the the amount of support that we get from the event from the city of Atlanta, the people that buy tickets, etc. It's just a, a wonderful community effort. Oh wow! And you know it was interesting that you talk about that, Chad, because this past year was in the unique situation and really for the for the entire world for that matter but you were still able to press on mm -hmm. to do some pretty unique things on, 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 the, on those grounds even in the COVID environment um talk about mm -hmm. how that all came together because you know people thought that you know it just wasn't going to happen yeah well I think that you know we started talking um you know with the tour immediately um as soon as everything shut down um, and as they were trying to think, we were actually um, at the Players Championship, which, which was the last event, if you remember, uh, in March that was played and they canceled it on Friday. So we were down there meeting with the tour on Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that week, just to look at what they were doing down there, which is a, a phenomenal, what they've done in Jacksonville at, at Sawgrass is, is phenomenal, what they do for the fans, et cetera. So we were looking at really back of house stuff. Um, there, we weren't really watching too much golf and just seeing how they do things and, and trying to get better. Um, and so, you know, once that happened, you know, almost immediately we started talking about what does that mean for us? So you have to look at it on a couple different levels. One, you look at the conditioning of the golf facility, you know, so that, that is one thing that did not change. So the expectations for the plane conditions did not change. And so we had a plan in place for that. You know, it was more difficult with COVID because, you know, just take, for instance, you know, two guys, you know, in a golf cart. So I, I have I have a project that I need done on the golf course and two guys usually would get in a golf cart and go do that project. Now you can only have one person riding the golf cart and that person's wearing a mask and they have to be away from each other. So you, all of the things that, you know, that happened, especially early on, impacted our ability to be ready, but it didn't change the fact that we had to be ready. Right. Um, and then, you know, as everyone remembers back in the summer, all the different health regulations, yes. um, the guidelines from the, the Department of Health and how, how many people could be in a room, all of that, all that, it didn't constantly change, but it changed, you know, very regularly. And so we had to react to that. And, um, and then, you know, luckily for us, um, you know, there were several other events that were played before us. And so we were able to learn from what they did um, and, you know, and, and incorporate those into what we could do. The challenge was the rules may be different in Columbus, Ohio, um, than they are in Atlanta, Georgia, in terms of, you know, the health regulations and all that kind of thing. So, you know, my biggest fear, to be honest, was, was having enough staff to do it. Yeah. Um, and so we had to be super careful. Um, we had no issues at all with COVID in terms of an outbreak. We had people with cases, but as soon as we had a case that isolated. So we had to have 
you know, staff to be able to put that event on. And um, so we were really super diligent about that. Um, but it was a definite learning experience. It was a very weird experience being there and sitting at my desk and watching the television and there's no fans there and I don't have anything to do really. Once the, once the event starts, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's nothing really that you can do. Um, there was no interaction with the players. I mean, they were very focused on themselves and their health, which is what they need to be doing. Um, and uh, it was, you know, from someone who thrives in the hospitality space, not to be able to provide hospitality is, is a tough thing. And that's something I've struggled with personally this whole year is just not being able to do service and, you know, you know, do things that we normally would do. So um, I'm looking forward to the day that um, that can that can happen. But we, we realize we have to be safe. We have to follow the rules. And 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 and, and really, you know, for us, we're, we're televised at the tour championship in, in September and we have a college event um, in November also televised. Um, so, you know, we had to be ready for that as well. So. Um, it, it was a very, you know, we learned a lot, just like ever, all of us did this past year. Well, it definitely seemed like it's been a lot, but it's also seemed like it's been very rewarding. Now, if you've got a great team also that, that you work with, who are some of the folks that you would say you stand out that's helped to make East Lake what it is today? Who are some of those champions you would say? Well, you know, we've got a, we do have a fantastic team and we've got great partners and, and it all it starts with that. So if you look at internally, you know, our golf, our director of agronomy, Ralph Keppel and his team uh, led by Charles Aubrey, who's the golf course superintendent. Um, it, those guys did a phenomenal job this year. The golf course looked, you know, amazing on television. I'll tell you something that was interesting, um, you know, with no structures and no uh, extra things, people, we knew that people were going to be able to see more of the golf facility. And so that changed how we, we thought about certain things as well. Luckily, we had already embarked on a, um, a two-year plan to uh, kind of do a light renovation of the building in terms of painting and doing that kind of thing. And so on television, the building looked really, really good because it was all refreshed. And you know, we washed the bricks and we fixed some things. We knew that optically, um, you know, with, with, with high-def cameras and now 5K or 4K technology on your television, you know, you're going to see a lot. And, and that was something that was important to us. It was an opportunity for us. So that's something that was in the back of our mind. So, you know, those two people in particular, and then, you, you know, you take someone like our building engineer, you know, he didn't realize that at the start of the year that he was going to have to be spraying or fogging our building once a week, yeah. um, you know, and, and the housekeeping staff. I mean, everyone's job changed and they had, everyone was asked to do more and you, you had to do it wearing a mask and gloves and cleaning everything. And it was, it wasn't easy. And, um, and I, I, I would say those guys, and then, you know, the golf department we have, you know, led by Drew Dunn, our director of golf. I mean, we, we had to let, we had to lay off all of our part-time staff. So our full-time people were all we had and they were doing everything, picking the range, you know, everything. And that's just the way it was in 2020. Um, there was no opportunity really for any kind of advancement in, in the traditional sense. But if you take what you've learned because of what happened last year, it may be the biggest learning experience you've ever had. I know it will be for me. I mean, it, it wasn't anything I learned in a book or, you know, took a class on, right. but you learned that you could press, you know, that you could make it through some, some really tough times uh, and constant curveballs. Um, and then you look at the, you know, the, the, the part, I mean, you look at the, the sponsors, what they did, what Coca-Cola and Southern company did this year 
that allowed for our charitable donation not only to meet last year's, but it exceeded last year's right. um, with no fans, no on-site revenue um, is truly amazing. And that money is needed now more than ever um, due to COVID. I mean, people that, that helped people, you know, not to get evicted, it helped people pay bills, it helped buy food, it helped a lot, buy computers for kids. I mean, there's all kinds of things that, that was needed in even more. And so that's really, kind of the headline to me of this pandemic, it really, um, you know, and others can talk more eloquently than I can about this, but it really just put on display how unequal, you know, parts of America are. And and, and if you're in a certain place, you know, you don't have good Wi-Fi or you don't have a, a screen that you can learn on. Um, I mean, you're not going to do as well as somebody that does. You're just not. Um, and so it's, it was really, um, and I, I would mention all those, and I mentioned the tour earlier, but, you know, it took everybody. I mean, it really did. And, um, and I'm, I'm real proud of what we, what we were able to accomplish. Well, I, I tell you, you know, as you know, I was fortunate to serve on that committee, and I really saw a lot of what you really took. It's one of those things, Chad, you really took the, uh, the lemons, and you made some lemonade. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's one of the best, best ways I can really describe it, and it's something that was really phenomenal. But as we start to uh, kind of wrap up, Chad, what do you see going into 2021, 2022? Um, I know it's hard to predict. You know, we have COVID, folks getting tested. We're trying to stay safe. But what, what do you see uh, as, as far as the immediate future for Eastlake? Well, we're, we, we looked at the last two quarters of 2020. We looked at our business. We looked at how people are acting. Um, and we think the first two quarters of 21 will be very similar. Um, now, I think that you'll begin to see some... Uh, uh, you know, maybe some tendencies that you're going to be a little more willing to do some things that you haven't done in the past. Take, for instance, eating inside. Some people just aren't going to do that. Right. Some people are okay with it. And then there's some people in the middle. So I think that will be something you'll see more of. Um, but from a business planning standpoint, we're, we're really looking at, you know, the, the last two quarters of this year um, as somewhat more normal. Um, you know, the encouraging thing to me is, I mean, I follow the governor on Twitter and I see every single day how many people have been vaccinated. Um, and I look up the population of Georgia and it's 11 million roughly or, you know, thereabouts. And, you know, we've given out a, a 1 million vaccinations. I was like, well, that's, I'm not that great at math, but that sounds like about 10%, um, you know, or close to it of, of our fellow citizens have been vaccinated, which is a great thing. So I think the more of those kind of markers you see, um, I think the rhetoric, you know, politically is, is calming down is a great thing. It, it, it provides a level of calming and they're, they're, it just seems like there's, you know, more concrete things to, uh, to, to kind of put yourself, you know, to, to kind of land on. And so, um, you know, the one other thing that I would mention um, that I, I should, I forgot to mention about, you know, COVID when you ask about the partners, the one thing that we did that was tremendously rewarding during COVID is we did a couple of different food events at Eastlake. Um, and those were led by our executive chef, Nick Barrington. And we did one in April and we did one in May. And then he actually started one weekly at the Eastlake YMCA. Um, and those were, you know, so impactful um, to see people lining up to get food. And, you know, we've all seen the, the images on, you know, on television, but to actually work a couple of those and, you know, to see people in those cars that you recognize, um, you know, that you may not know exactly where you know them from. Yeah. And it happened to me, I was, you know, directing traffic and there was a guy, I was kind of checking people in, you know, the heartbreaking thing is people, you know, they would have their papers 
they would have their unemployment papers and they would, you know, they would try to show it to you. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, you know, I don't need to see that. We're going to, we're going to get food for you. But I mean, people were really struggling and, you know, I saw a guy and we checked him in. I was making small talk as the line was going, you know, like two months later, maybe the first time I went out, we went out to eat. We went to a restaurant here in Emmon Park that we frequent and we sat at the bar and there was like six people in the restaurant. Yeah. We're, so we're sitting there um, and the guy behind the bar finally said something to me. He goes, you were at that food event at Eastlake, weren't you? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, he's, I just want to say thanks because I was one of the guys that, you know, that, that got through. So I, I hadn't, you know, hadn't worked in six months. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that really like hit me like a ton of bricks, yeah. um, you know? And so, you know, I hope that, um, you know, that people that we all will go back and support restaurants and, you know, those people have been disproportionately impacted by all this. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that'll happen. Uh, I know I'm tired of cooking at home. Uh, so, so let's hope that's the number one, number one thing that happens soon. <laughs> Chad, man, I really appreciate you sharing that story. And that's really what this is almost all, all, all about is really talking about beyond just our names and our titles. I mean, there's so many people doing so many positive things yeah. and people really need to hear that now. So, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. You also do uh, some work also with the Atlanta Humane Society. You're a volunteer there as well too, right? Yep. I just rolled off the, the board for, I was on their board for a couple of years and just, I'm, I'm still a huge supporter. Um, you know, actually uh, focusing more on, um, you know, some things that we're trying to do from a diversity and inclusion standpoint in golf. Um, I just saw that I think there's an opportunity there. Um, and so there's some things that, you know, maybe I'll be able to talk to you about the next time we, we visit. Um, you know, your friend uh, and my friend, Dr. Kevin Woods, has been a great sounding board for some for some ideas that we're trying to, to talk about. So yes. um, I, I just want to, you know, kind of focus some time there because I, I think that. Uh, but, yeah, the Humane Society is a great organization and they're you're getting ready to, you know, in the capital campaign, building new headquarters and they do an amazing you know what those people are amazing the staff there in particular is is just you I mean so impressive so but i think it's important to get involved and the reason i did that is because i didn't know anybody on their board i didn't know how their organization worked and i wanted to be challenged in a different way um and uh i think that's an important lesson that you know you probably learned it um and i learned it through leadership atlanta it's uh right. you know it's 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 important that you get outside of your comfort zone and uh and challenge yourself. So that's what I that's what I did. But yeah, that's that's a great organization for sure. Well, you know, it's it's interesting to say that, and we're looking forward to having uh, Dr. Woods come on uh, soon. You know, he's got a new role he's leading up, and uh, we're, we're excited to talk to him about that. And so, you know, Chad, I really want to thank you for your time today. It's been very very informative, and really, uh, really, I think a lot of people will be inspired knowing that it's it's good to be on the green, but it's also good to be behind those doors and making things happen for other people, just inspiring them. And, and being in, in a position to help people to keep their heads up, raise, raise high. So thank you for sharing, sharing that. Uh, we hope we can have you back soon. Uh, maybe when things start to get a little bit easy outside, eh? Yeah, that's, that sounds great. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to come on anytime and I am uh, look forward to, to listening to some of your other guests and, and wish you all the best with, the, with this new initiative you're doing. Uh, and I appreciate, again, the opportunity to speak with you. He's Chad Parker. He is president and general manager of East Lake Golf Club. Thank you so much for being with us today, Chad. We look forward to having you back soon. And remember, continue to follow your passion. You'll be certain never to become lost. See you next time.
This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart. There needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 